0: As I was biking by in these people's window, and they were watching TV and they were just destroying like Chinese food <laughs> together in tandem and just staring blankly at the television. And they just looked so like, I was like, God, us, you know, living beings and consuming, and it's just, uh, motherfucking goddamn orange peel
1: beef. <laughs> All right, everybody, it's time for one fucking hour. I'm Evan Husney and uh, joined, of course, to my left uh, by Tom Fitzgerald. Tom. Howdy, guys. And to my right, uh, Marcus Herring. Marcus, say hello. Hey, hey, guys. How are you doing tonight? Good, it's good, good. It's Friday. Uh, <laughs> it is. We are ready to get into uh, this week's uh, film uh, probably one of the most uh, famous, beloved horror films of all time. That is George A. Romero's Dawn of the Dead, the original, the OG Dawn of the Dead, of course. And uh, let's start that clock. Uh, so here uh-oh. we go. I,
0: and I say uh-oh because an hour is not enough. <laughs> I,
1: I agree.
2: I, guys, so, I accidentally watched the, Tom, uh, the, the Zack Snyder version.
1: <laughs> Whoopsie. Um, all yeah, right, just... <laughs> the clock is live. All right. <laughs> to uh, start this off, Tom, I mean, again, the, you know, this movie, as you said, has been burned to the ground in terms of people uh, talking about it and vamping on it. But what do you think is really one of the more, now that we've all rewatched it again, what do you think is one of the more real underappreciated, overlooked, or, uh, you know, uh, qualities of this movie?
0: Well, right off the bat, we uh, we were discussing how uh, right in the core of the film, uh you know, the, our four protagonists, um, you know, they're, they're posted up in the mall, right? And they, they sort it all out. By this part of the film, they've figured it all out. They got the trucks in the front and they've uh, sweeped the whole place for any zombies. So really, they do. It becomes a kid in a candy store, almost like a children's fantasy moment uh, for them. And they become incredibly bourgeois. and uh they probably none of them are probably well none of them were is rich enough to buy every single thing in a shopping mall but uh it's all theirs now and it's this incredible scene of what we're calling consumer porn where (laughs) uh if you think about it it is almost a wish fulfillment fantasy maybe for the average american you know and it's because it's this simple it's just money's useless you don't have to buy anything because you own everything and by the way that will come back to bite them later Uh, literally them them feeling Yes, that uh, they own everything. So, you know, we're going to throw on this montage, and uh, it's a classic moment for a lot of super fans, but we just thought we'd remind everyone uh, that inside of this horrifying, splattered nightmare is this incredible moment of, uh, yeah, I would just call it consumer wish fulfillment, uh, you know, bourgeois uh, porn. You got it?
1: Now, one of the things about this movie that gets talked about a lot is the idea of, you know, the zombies as this allegory for, you know, the mindless uh, Americans and consumerism and things like that. But I think one of the overlooked things is that that it really extends to the protagonists here. What an amazing moment. I love that. Track.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, I thought the same way, Evan. It's like uh, It's like it's, it's a... So we spend the full first half looking at the, the zombies wandering around the mall, looking all good, all the old, all the merchandise and stuff. And we we totally get the consumerist commentary, but then we get kind of lost in this moment as these as these protagonists get swept up in their own sort of like consumerist heaven, you know. And they and uh, we kind of forget like we we're living through their eyes. We kind of forget that uh, that we were just kind of sneering at the zombies before for going back to the mall. And all of a sudden, we're kind of lost in these guys' fantasies. And,
0: and and I think, well, just real quick, one of the things I like about uh, this montage is that Romero and the team, I guess, had to figure out how to represent consumerism. So they went like, oh, we got to have a big reel of cheese. we got to
1: have expensive
0: <laughs> olives. So you know, I thought that that sounds like a fun thing that they wound up doing. Like, like right here with Roger, like, oh, that's a good olive. Or Actually, I don't know what it is. And, you know, so it's just funny, like yeah. the details to articulate. Right.
2: I love the music. Keeps, the music cues keep changing in the section too. It's like it starts off that kind of like ragtime, like mm-hmm. uh, you know, library music. Uh, like yeah, what's oh, like a, American <laughs> industrial. Sorry. Full um, stop. Yeah.
0: That is my favorite moment, pop quiz. That's my favorite moment in this movie. Manja, <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, like, like Ken Ford, he's like,
0: oh, how about a big loaf of bread, you
2: know? <laughs> <laughs> but Trooper's starting to lose it too. He's like drinking pickle juice and stuff, and that's that, in that well, section. Yeah. The, the, he's just the, savoring
1: you. <laughs> the thing that's also amazing, you know, about this about this whole section is that it's really seductive to the audience too. Like, as the audience, you're just like, fuck yes, I, wanna I want to be there. Him. I want this. To then where when the bikers show up and they crash the party, you're like, oh, that sucks. You know, you, yeah, exactly. you, it cr- Cause crushes you. Because the bikers
0: not only are going to be thieving everything, but there's also wanton destruction. And it feels like, it's almost like there's a couple shots of the same consumer product that you see uh, our, our buddies, you know, enjoying. That later, you know, maybe you see the bikers just destroying. And I just, I don't know, it's a nice dynamic. It's a nice epilogue, you know, because you later see... Um, What I guess are rebellious acts, you know, in context of the bikers uh, kind of rejecting, you know, what the coming 80s yuppieism, you know, and like it's like a haagen ice cream kind of world. And these bikers are like not having it, you know, you want totally sandwich at best.
2: It's Can't great. let the moment pass without mentioning those awesome old video games too, and all the uh, electromagnetic oh, oh games and like yeah. it's I, that's when I was rewatching it this time. It's I hadn't remembered that there were all those old games in there. It's, mm-hmm. it's really cool.
0: Well, and, and now to speak to this, just to kind of um, to uh, to you know kind of stew in this really great part of the film, um, you know, uh, you know, I watch it and sometimes I do get lulled because there's even more of this period of the film where um, uh, Roger and Francine, no, not Roger, sorry. Uh, uh, Flyboy and Francine are, you know, they're the couple and they and they're being served by, um, you know, uh, Peter, Canfori, uh, uh, you know, and he's like, oh, enjoy your dinner. And they have this romantic uh, candle at dinner in the middle of uh, there's a romantic candlelit dinner in the middle of the it's it. It's amazing.
2: Back. Right. Yeah, and so there's also a you, fondue party.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. And I'm saying you, you kind of you really, really start forgetting and the film gets you really far from the zombie apocalypse. By that point, it's even more than the consumer porn stuff. And of course, though, it, it caught me a few times in my life of watching this film many, many times. I was getting lulled. I was forgetting. But then, if you queue it up, uh, we find uh, Peter Forey on the um, roof getting a little exercise. And oh, I'm yeah. starting to get even, I'll just speak for myself, I'm starting to get even further adrift from the zombie apocalypse, you know, <laughs> And this is great footage, great editing, great compositions. Oh, you know, yeah. He did, he did TV commercials. This feels like his kind of TV commercial instincts of totally. editing. But OK, so check it out. So all right, you know, cool. You know, just another day at the mall. Bam. Right. That's genius. That's great filming. That is great. Letting the ball fall on the fucking hordes. And uh, by the way, you know, the bikers are coming soon after in this part. And uh, the consumer dream, the bubble burst. You
2: know what I mean? It is really what, I think it is really the sort of one of the key elements that makes this movie so magical, you know, is that, like, just to take a second, take, you know, 20, 30 minutes to let it all kind of slip away and to have that sort of, like, control over your own narrative and your own filmmaking to just say, like, I've set up, I've queued up all this zombie stuff. Now I'm just going to let the audience forget about it. It shows an amazing kind of restraint and brilliant, You know, imagination, too.
0: Right. But he was also working on something because in the reality of the motion picture, it's very possible that these guys would be starting to lose it uh, and and start getting soft and forgetting. And also to the point of the story and to all those great characters and characterizations, it's Flyboy who, um, you know, what happens is uh, Ken, Forey Peter, when the the, uh, bikers come in, the horde come in, he's like, just let them pass. Let them steal a bunch of shit. Hide. Don't let them know where you are. They don't. Re- they're not here for us. They want to grab all the bunch of shit. So if you notice, Flyboy is like, "That's our stuff." Like it's pretty,
1: <laughs> yeah, know, clearly
0: articulated. And and he fucks everything up because he starts shooting them. I don't want to get too much into the plot. I'm just saying, that like, like Flyboy um, got really. Um, he got really. He, he couldn't handle. He, he couldn't handle.
1: Well, he he couldn't handle that, you know, he's got to give up his things, you know, and that's one of the things that is amazing about the bikers before they show up. You know, they have that little interaction on the radio and they're like, we don't like people who don't share. You just fucked up big time. And then that's what kicks it all off. And one of the things I just wanted to comment real quick, going back to the uh, consumer porn we were talking about, too. And also the fondue and and those moments, the candlelight dinner, and and of course the racquetball scene kicks off really the malaise that starts to set in, which I really think is absolutely uh, a, a brilliant touch. And and this movie, I I think is so artfully made. It's such a piece of art in that it really gets it gets the whole top to down. Picture of you know uh, American consumerism, you know from the top to bottom in this movie. It's not just some simple allegory of zombies in a mall and they just wanna you know buy, you know, consume, from <laughs> store, to No, store. it it really is so well done and how. Not only do we get that consumer porn package there but we also get that whole other second half of it where they're just they, they have everything they want now they're getting depressed and there's that amazing shot where it's you know zooms out to show you know Flyboy and fran in bed and she's just smoking the cigarette and and they're they're i mean they have it all they're on top of the world while the rest of the world is going to shit by the way I know. so they have everything in the world's descending to hell and they're like dep- it's amazing it's such a uh, yeah the-
0: the word on we comes to mind. It's a great shot. You, you pointed that out. You reminded me Shelby, the other day. Yeah. Um, that, uh, and you know, just maybe to start, you know, get, getting into this other thing that I really appreciate about the film, you know, a lot of people, I don't know what people think of did. Like, like, you know, maybe not the super fans, but I think people just think it's a crazy gore, you know, freak out. Mm. It is mm-hmm. it's insane. we can get into that later. Yeah. But my point is there's four main characters and I really love every one of those people. And um, like I said before, um, we were talking about Roger earlier and, um, you know, uh, the first one we lose and he, he has his cross to bear, which is um, he's kind of a, a, a you know, he, he loses, he loses control. He kicks ass him and Ken, when they're together, they're a great team, but he starts slipping and he starts getting, you know, it's the classic thing. He starts getting um, really cocky starts mm-hmm. playing with the ace of spades you know what i'm saying like yeah. <laughs> he's just he's not like 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 ken is ken you know the character peter ken's really straightforward that's his that's his characterization really He's just maintain hold on and so anyway roger loses it and um but one of the things that i love is before roger loses it there's some really great male camaraderie and i don't really usually respond to that stuff but i love those mm-hmm. two guys together like there's this stuff earlier where you know they don't know each other in the narrative of the film and they mm-hmm. go like uh, hey the old okey doke and it's like totally you know like like you know what I'm saying? That yeah part? like okay we divert them you know and we go hey come here zombies and they go to the other side of the store mm-hmm. escape so it's just but they just know and i mean they're kind of they're soldier guys they're both cops yeah they're co- they're soldiers
2: right right anyway. well they're they're so, actually
1: no, swat team members they're swat team members yeah but they're right, cops right right, right
0: yeah. yeah right
2: but they share that but they have a sort of understand they have a sort of a shared humanity because um you know the Peter shoots the uh, the racist cop at the beginning, who's like just blowing right. people away. Yeah,
0: and really.
2: uh, and Trooper doesn't like rat him out, so they have an understand. They have a sort of a humanity of like, there's chaos, but we're both holding on to like, you know, the rules of being a person about being a real human being. Humanity, you know? yeah. Well, the, yeah, it, and that's I think that's why he lets them go in the helicopter with him because there's so many other people around that they could take. But they choose to take him. Yeah. You know this, this There's, a, there's, a, there's a, the selfishness is already kicking in too. There's that guy that walks up to the helicopter. And he's like, "You guys need cigarettes?" Oh yeah, yeah. And they're like, "No." I love that moment. And then, no. and then they fly then they away <laughs> with. Yeah, they they, they, fly, they light up as they fly away, and I think that's part of. I think that was, you know, that scene sort of teeing up, you know, your own instincts of the audience of like, you know, that it's time to be selfish and look out for yourself, you know. But. Um, but in each other, like you have a yes, small, yes, in each other as a unit. small yeah. core
0: group, like. You're, uh, everyone else is not in this group. Us four are.
2: It's yeah. awesome, and actually, it's, it's a great even, queue.
0: Yeah. It's not even just male camaraderie because Francine's there, and I think they underestimate her, and maybe she herself, you know, like I'm the girl, I'll stay back and you know make a you know um, some food for you guys. But she, you know, she learns how to use a gun, and she learns how to fly the uh, helicopter, you know, so. Well, one thing about away. her character,
1: sorry, one, one 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 thing about Fran, sorry to cut you off about that too, is like, you know, when, when they leave her to go kind of explore the mall and see all the things and the potential of what the mall can get them, you know, she's held back and then the Hare Krishna, you know, comes to stalk her and she's left without a gun, of course, and she's in harm's way. But as soon as... Um, they they meet up with her again. They're trying to be like, oh, you know, she's almost died. She almost died in that moment. But like, oh no, Fran, there's all these things out there that you should see. What we got and all the th- supplies we got. And they try to kind of seduce her into this, you know, sort of right. you know capitalist paradise that they just came from. <laughs>
2: Downstairs, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, right. She's or-
2: the one that's resisting it the most. You know, like exactly. She, come, like, she knows. She's constantly like she won't accept Flyboy's ring. You know, she uh, right. There's a part where she's put on the makeup. But just it takes only a little announcement over the loudspeaker to pull her out of it. And she pulls off her eyelash. Like, that's a great She's sort of resistant to She doesn't get caught up in it as much as everybody else. I guess maybe she's got bigger issues with, like, the baby. You know, she's got bigger things going on. You know, she's not, like, I don't know. She's
0: yeah, just, not as easily distracted by um, the glittering consumer porn. Totally. <laughs> uh, I know. Totally. Uh, well, and then there's Flyboy, though, I was going to say. um, his journey's great, and I really <laughs> like it. And, and part of the reason I'm bringing this up is maybe it's um it's backhanded compliment. uh, Is you know who are these people, these actors? You know, and I think yeah, that, and you know the, what I mean is the actress who plays <clears throat> Francine. I I'm not sure she ever really acted almost at all. Like maybe she did like a little local theater, and she kind of you know fluffed her resume or something and got. The I'm not job. sure. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and then and then and all the other people. Um, and Ken looks like he has some star power, but. He wasn't really proven either, but they're all really great. And I guess really it's partly great. a testament to the casting, you know, because mm-hmm. Flyboy, for instance, like, I'm a big Flyboy guy. I love him. I love his <laughs> journey. He's very flawed. Um, he's very human. Yes, he's he very feels- flawed. There's
2: something you know that, he, you know, from the beginning, you kind of have a suspicion. He's got a darkness to him and a flawed character quality that, you know. He's, I don't, he's I, I don't feel like the problem. whole time he's not going to make an ego problem. Yeah, there's something about him that's a little dark, you know, that you know it's not going to work out for him. But he's, he's going to okay. have to pay for it. He's
0: just he's going back and forth a little and he's learning a lot like they all are in this crisis, you know, and um, and it's really tragic. And I, I I don't know, just talking about the four characters like, you know, Ken Forey is, uh, boy, is that a movie star, man? Totally. You know, that's. He really yeah, kills <laughs> it in the film, you know. Yeah, like all his line readings. Like, well, how about the best line ever in the film, which is the last line? She's like, uh, you know, they're flying up the helicopter, and she's like, "We don't uh, have much gas." And he's like, Cool. you know. Yeah, He's, he's just something like that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He's like, right. but, but the I, thing but, about
1: like, yeah, fuck the yeah, uh, fucking
0: Kent floor, Fury.
1: Yeah, <laughs> sorry to back back to Flyboy for a second, but 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 Flyboy Flyboy kind of has like the most the more the most fascinating arc you know out of um out of all the characters in that you know he he's the one that goes like as we said overboard with the consumerism and, and wanting things and to protect the things you know to shoot out all the bikers and everything Selfish. he gets totally yeah. totally succumbed by it so far that then he becomes the zombie you know and he becomes and then how awesome right. is it how fucking great is it too like in uh, just like the fucking script uh to have him lead all the other zombies back to their to the apartment area. Yeah. so He's great this,
0: about the scratching There's, yeah at, at, at what proves to <laughs> not really be a, like a real legit cement you know wall you know like this thing is coming apart in my hands I, i'm yeah. it and, well i mean if you really want <laughs> right. to get into it the whole elevator part is yes. the best the best moment in any horror film the best shock edit i'm not talking about like the stupid hand that comes out at the end to carry like Get that shit out of there. The best thing ever are the elevator doors open and they're like, Fuck! The zombies come in. And yeah. I feels oh, terrifying, but I also feel so bad for Flyboy.
1: I know. It's over.
0: And I'm like, yeah. no, because he gets shot earlier, and I'm like, oh, he's pretty fucked already. He's yeah. shot. <laughs> and he's trying to get out of that goddamn elevator and he doesn't quite make it. And they, you know, they they turn him into zombie right then in the elevator. Then incredible filmmaking. Uh, the doors open and they take one of those uh, corny kind of library music goof songs and they drench it in space echo. Yeah, I was yes. gonna bring up space echo too. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's so fucking powerful. Yeah, like slow, the rate is so slow Yeah, and and then he just and then we just lived there for a while and he does that great sort of weird walk. And uh, he looks so horrifying. And oh, the
1: the gun, the gun twirling in his on his finger. Whoever fucking whoever stepped in with he that did. detail.
0: I know that he did because he he I saw in a doc or something. He was like, um, I got this. I have some ideas. You
1: <laughs> Amazing.
0: You know, so any the way he walked or anything like that, because his leg was yeah. injured. You know, so he walked with his leg kind of screwed up. So I mean, that's just more great stuff.
2: Um yeah, Can we so can great. we touch There's
1: on? The, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go
2: ahead. Oh, you know, it's just. I don't know what my lead in is for, but I, I feel like the movie is so, like, they do such a great job of projecting themselves into that world. Someone mentioned the script writing earlier, and, like, mm-hmm. it's so, they, they did such a good job of, like, putting yourself into the zombie world and then logically, you know, figuring out what the next move would be and what the next move would be. And it all makes sense. And I think that's part of, like, the reward you get as the audience is, like, it's so logical. There's a part in the middle, too, where, like, the eye patch, like, you know, TV director guy is going, like, it must be logical. It must be. Yeah, he's a scientist, right? Yeah, he's like it must be logical. We must think logically. And I was just that point hit me because I was like, God, that's what Romero is doing. He's like thinking logically about this film. Like, what would you do? And it's like, you know, sets so up. It starts off in the city in this chaos, and then they move. Then you go out to the country, but the country's all messed up too. And they end up at this mall and then, you know, you got to block the doors. You think maybe I could cohabitate with the zombies for a while. Then you're like, no, let's clear them all out. Just everything is like set up one after the other, this sort of logical
1: progression throughout the movie. And
2: it all makes sense. And I think that's part of like what you think is so brilliant about it when you're watching it back. Of course, that's what you would do.
1: I think what's so brilliant about it uh, off off of that is, yes, there's there, there is practical, you know, like, yeah, let's think practically and logically. But at the same time, the characters aren't necessarily acting super practical because it's like, amidst, like we said, this global crisis, here they are, they flock to this thing and they're eating fondue and eating olives and stuff too. Like, it really shows the darkness of, you know, I think America in, in, in a lot well, of ways. about
0: this? It's, it's a yeah. honey trap somewhat. A honey trap, yeah. They, yeah, they get to the mall and, uh, you know, we know the film so well, but... Uh, you forget that in the very beginning of them getting at the mall, they think like, "Let's get some supplies, get back in the helicopter, and keep going somewhere." You know what right. I mean? But then uh, it's Kenfory, uh, Peter, who says like, "You know, I've been thinking. Let's. This is not bad. I'm doing the math. You know, so um, so at first it kind of it makes a practical sense. Let's hang out here and like uh, maybe see if like uh, you know like some huge government agency comes sweeping in or this thing." Ends, you know, like like all the dead die again, you know. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's sit it out a little. But then they really get into a honey trap, and they're like, uh, "Hey, this ain't bad," you know. And then we see the decay, like we're saying, and like you saying that it becomes ennui, you know, a Mm. dissatisfaction because, well, because they capitalist malaise. Yes, that's right, and because they're getting out of the context of the zombie apocalypse, it's not so pressing, you know. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Can I, this is what you said, Marcus, and, and what we're all talking about right now is gotta be generally thinking about, um, not zombie movies, but specifically this one, you know, um, one thing I like about the formula for lack of a better term is that there's horror movies, there's monsters, right? Um, like there's supernatural monsters Ugh, Squidman squid man or something, but this is just <laughs> human being fellow human beings. Yes. Like the, like like two of you guys could die and become zombies, and then you're my monsters. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, right. You know, and, and then on and on. So and then the yeah, and then the then the the sort of barbaric people are like the even bigger monsters. You know, or like right. other humans are actually right. a bigger threat than the zombies even. Right.
0: Which you is know. which is um, introduced again by Romero with um, well the first one and this one. You know the, the bikers and the, the rednecks. No, but I'm I'm more getting into like um, it reminds me of the montage that maybe we could pull up of just getting Mm -hmm. acclimated to, like, the zombies, because what I'm getting at is, in in a way, Night of the Living Dead, the uh, zombies all kind of looked homogenous, because, in a way, I guess it was sort of a homogenous area. Everyone's kind of living rural in Pennsylvania. The normal question, the first question is always... But um, what I'm saying is, in this film, because for some reason it's 1979, and just people were living with more variability, you know, it's urban. You know, even this is sort of the suburbs, but it's more urban, maybe, and... What, you're, what I'm getting at is you see, like, there's guys in um, Brooks Brothers suits. You know what I mean? And then there's a baseball player. There's a nun. I
2: love there's, the baseball player. I know, oh,
0: me too. The best. But I love these guys. Uh, I love all this hockey stuff, you know? And so what I'm saying is, to me, it etches it more vividly that these are just a random bunch of dumbasses, like, waiting at the bus stops. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, like, you know, a Denny's. You know? Like, so it just feels more vivid to me that this is just average people. And with all the variability of their clothing and um, and, 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 and how they read, what kind of lifestyle they have. So, anyway, just a lot we look at a lot of the- some of these shots. Are they, can you see it? Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Anyway, just a got lot, me lot of the, yeah, it's amazing. A lot They're of the first people. half, right? A lot of the first half, of the movie has a really imaginative, like you know, uh, almost like paintings, you know, of like yeah, like the, each little scene. The movie will be broken up into little scenes, right? Oh, and yeah. each little scene has like something, a little beautiful, amazing little painting. Like there's one part where like the zombie is sitting in the fountain. And he's got stones in his hands, you know. Or yeah.
1: There's a lot of
2: just like. There's a little, you mentioned the baseball player. There's a moment where like Fran is staring through the glass at him and he looks like a baby almost just kind of staring back at her.
1: Oh, that moment's amazing. Neither
2: one of them are, neither one of them are going for each other. They're both just kind of like exhausted looking at each other for a second. There's like a little lull and there's just all these little moments of like, you know, those movies like color of pomegranates or something, or like El Topo (laughs) where it's like a little, vignette painting that's this beautiful little well, like surreal image this movie's just a mise-en-scene yeah. Yeah, right, this movie's just jam-packed with those two you know little like vivid paintings you know? yeah one thing well, i what's... want to say
1: about that real quick just in terms of like we should touch on george you know in terms of just being such an awesome you know fucking filmmaker making this movie like uh you know like the the structure of the movie even from the very onset you know where where it opens in the in in the television station and then going to the tenement which i'm sure we're going to talk about and all the other and you know and the rednecks which we should definitely talk about all that stuff are these little packaged vignettes that really is kind of um a singular structure to a movie to kind of have that well before we even get to the freaking mall and the main story even kicks in like yeah. it kind of reminds me of a movie like Sorcerer or something where we have like all these different little vignettes even before we get to the main show there's like
0: feeling the helicopter is a whole thing oh yeah 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 that yeah will... that
1: and 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 that whole thing and and that's just so cool you'd never see that today you'd have a committee of fucking people in a you know studio that would nay say structuring a movie in that way completely because it's so which is which makes it amazing, but also just the way that he sh- was filming this film. You know, uh, being in the mall, having access to it for months and being able to just come up with these improvisational little moments, film them, cover it like crazy, film dozens of these little scenes. And then, you know, when it's all said and done, he goes back and he cuts it himself. And really, then the movie comes to life. And that, I think, that's is what just... That's the magic is. That's the magic. And he understands that, you know, and he's so good at editing. It's unreal.
0: Yeah, it's just like coverage, coverage, coverage. And this may or may not manifest in the film, but I've got it. Like he like he might, you know, like just think, just get, um, what's that thing they say? Like, uh, don't describe a city, describe one brick, you know, uh, in mm-hmm. the city. You can learn about the city, some bullshit like that. What I'm saying mm-hmm. is if you just look at one thing, what we saw earlier was um, all those guys kind of like goofing around, like, you know, like uh, toddlers about like the hockey equipment, you know, that part we just saw yeah in that earlier montage it's like he maybe just said okay uh hey look there's all this hobby, hockey equipment i've got my zombies who are extras why don't you guys just start goofing around with them you know exactly. i can see that it's like and it's like he just shoots a lot of it and it's like let me get this angle how about you coming from inside the net and looking out you know on and on so it's just there and then later much later he's in the editing bay and he's like i don't know like oh yeah that you know, like, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. that gets me that little mo- that gets me that little thing that I need for this part of the movie, you know? And that happens a lot. Like, and, and I think Marcus is, is an even better example The the guy just bugging out on the penny, sitting like squat in the, uh, yes. that yes. does a lot because it's yeah. not, cause he's not even, it's just, um, it's yeah. flavor. And that's the thing he's created. And it is kind of like an art film or like Order It House is.
1: Or it this, is.
0: there's this, um, magical kingdom, magical palace that this this mall is it's this insane grotesque mall of dead people and we're um let's just really get into how that would play out which speaks to another thing that i like and we we're talking about earlier which is again Marcus, you're bringing this up it's like um when the fantastical and the reality you know like uh um what's the line i guess is what i'm saying and mm-hmm. everything on the other side that's not fantastical is absolute gritty like like Bus stop, you know, like a <laughs> yeah. subway token reality. It's yeah. nothing, there's no variable. No one has magical powers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like Jason Seven, where like he is, te- you know, telekinesis or anything yeah. with a little girl. I hate that shit in general. And that would have ruined it. And it's just absolute reality. Mm-hmm. And then there's just one fantastical thing, <laughs> you know, which is brilliant because I mean, that mm. is really what art is all about because. It's one variable of otherwise the reality that we all live in, mm-hmm. all relate to, and it looks really familiar. One variable, it's, it's intense and crazy, but it is the dead walking and they eat you, you know, and all that. So, um, uh, he plays that out really nicely because he has the rigor of reality, and when it comes up against this fantastical thing, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's just, uh, it's even more devastating. It's yeah. grounded. It's grounded.
2: Yeah, it's it's amazing. Like that, you know, like. You could say like that this movie be a lot different under a lesser filmmaker, you know. But oh it's like God. something you don't even have to like imagine, because we've got so many examples of that. in yes. infinitum over well, the years, I, you know. I, like there's yeah, like hundreds like, of zombie movies like
0: that
1: are not this season,
0: one. Walking yeah. Dead, even.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, this is just This really has it all. It really has it all, and I think one of the things about George Romero too. Yeah, I mean, obviously, as an editor, he's amazing. But as a writer, I think what's also really cool is that the subtext of all... Or just the allegory that he's making about, you know, consumerism. Even, I mean, Night of the Living Dead, too. I mean, also says so much more than just, just a, being a zombie movie. But this movie, too. And he does it in such a awesome way in that it's, it, it is very subtle. And it's not heavy-handed. And something like today, if you look at movies today... Like, were they any sort of horror movie that tries to inject any sort of like, you know, social critique message. of so, Yeah, social message. It's beating you over the fucking head. You know, just everything's be, doing that. Been, everything's just, just beating you over the fucking head. Like, you know, in terms of what this, you know, yeah. elevated you know, horror genre is today, you know, it's, it's, it's just, uh, man, it's like uh, so didactic and and gross and, and and he does it in such a beautifully subtle way that even, sorry, even just like your, your, your more typical boneheaded horror movie fan could, could, could watch this and just also enjoy it as a great adventure film too. And not, and and not necessarily need to get into action and not need to get into all the brilliant subtext that's in every scene, you know, which is really, great about it
0: works on a few levels yeah absolutely i mean in fact i was just thinking to circle back to our whole consumerism thing Mm -hmm. um you know he had the uh the cannibalism of the zombies you know the first one which that didn't happen before there was the the definition of a zombie before night living dead was not and then they tear them apart and eat them you know like yeah He invented that but then what he did was i think that's that's a continuation of the consumerist commentary because totally the zombies are consuming (laughs) you know now this might actually dovetail well into something that this might Mm -hmm. be counterintuitive guys like we've been saying like hey like what's a what's this little nook and cranny in this otherwise you know film that's just bathed in like the white light of exposure like okay how about this let's talk about the gore Mm. which is you know that's like a very leading thing you know for a lot of people a lot of hyper horror fans but let's talk about the gore in the context of the era. Oh, and yeah. uh, we were throwing this back and forth briefly, and um, you know, there's, there's a history of gore, and, I'm, and I thank you for bringing this up, Evan. It was like um, American uh, horror didn't really uh, get that uh, graphic in its gore so much. Europe, no. yes, of course, yes, Mario Bava, yeah, yeah. you know, and all those guys, and, and of course Argento is involved in, in bankrolling Dawn of the Dead, so there's an Italian influence, and that probably didn't hurt to have it being obscenely graphic so for america what i'm saying is it's 1979 when it comes out i don't think america was ready let's remind people this first of all it couldn't get an r rating and they didn't even bother the film doesn't it's not even x-rated it's just because that would have really hurt the box office but it's just like it was just a a disclaimer that no one can set foot in this theater under 17. and so there's that and i think it i think it did a few things i think it was overwhelmingly um uh, uh intense for people, uh, there's a famous anecdote uh, that uh, Janet Maslin, the uh, New York Times uh, movie critic, uh, it was right at the head exploding. She bailed. And the head exploding the first five minutes or so. Yeah. Hit me one more time. Hit me. Hello. So uh, she just split. Like, she did five minutes of this movie. And footnote, funny enough, she apologized to uh, Romero's uh, family recently and said, I should have given the movie more of a chance. And uh, I actually like it. And uh, but she split. She was just like, no, like this, like we're crossing a line in American cinema, which kind of reminds me of like punk rock almost. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, in, in the cultural context of it all, it's just like pushing extremes. And this was just another example of like, whoa, how far are we going where because the, the restrictions were uh, freed up in uh, in culture, you know, in depicting uh, well, porn and, and then extreme violence. And this was the decade of that was ending on a really extreme note as far as violence with this film now some people also though it became a midnight movie and so it also became sort of a freak show and uh I don't know I never saw one of these midnight movies but it's just like um screenings but people would hoot and holler and laugh and like you know the, the whole uh, theater just smells of uh, weed smoke so mm-hmm. it was also kind of a party freak out like outrage almost like John Waters like Oh my God! Like the machete went in the guy's head, you know. Yeah. So some people, it was like a crazy party. Some people, it was a harrowing, numbing experience. But no one could ignore it. I mean,
1: awesome. I mean, nothing was, nothing came close to the violence in this. You know, that that is in this movie. You know, prior. I mean, there are some movies. Like I think you could make an. I mean, like El Topo was pretty violent or pretty bloody you know in some of the scenes and it's a little herschel, more
0: complicated too because it is it, it is and all like, this shit happening in it in yeah yeah
1: and then like herschel gordon lewis and da, 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 da. but like but it's so you know, bad you know yeah exactly it's more like you, you probably had to been on 42nd street to really see some of the grimier shit but this is being released everywhere and yeah. um I don't think people were ready for guts, like like you know, because because also guts were in *Night of the Living Dead*, which also pushed the envelope in the, in the '60s. And that was
2: ten years earlier. Ten and, years uh, earlier, people bites, were just like the bites are so visceral. too. every time someone takes a bite, it's I like know. it's very it's wince inducing. It's, you know, it's uh,
0: after uh, the head exploding is the um I'm assuming the, the girl wait, on, the girlfriend is, uh, is like Milito. I, I can't remember you know like some. Uh, <laughs> Like her boyfriend, I think, turned into a zombie, and she's like uh, embracing him, and uh, he just tears a part of fucking shoulder. Put on the gut scene, yeah. Uh, if you have it there, gut munch, because this is just this inside a film with explosive, outrageous, obscene gore. This is the moment, you know.
1: Yeah, unreal. I mean, unreal. If you weren't ready for this in in the seventies, you would couldn't. It's, it's still it's, gross.
0: It's, it's so fucking crazy, you know.
2: Uh, it really it's still so <laughs> like, not it's over as a by scene the scene that inspired uh, a thousand filmmakers to go out and like yeah. Um, yeah, totally. get some like pig guts from the you know, know. Polonia brothers. Well it
0: influenced <laughs> Europe, it influenced Italy, you know, kinda of went full circle and Italy was like trying everyone's pushing the envelope, but that's that's the beginning uh, of something. Bellissimo, uh, bellissimo. Like it or bellissimo. not, yeah. like it or, not yep. or or for better or for worse, I mean that I mean but also just again forgetting maybe its context, you know, in horror movies with gore. It's just—I think you made the the best point, actually, Evan. I didn't even think of this. There's always been these kind of slime films, but they're usually like kind of underneath the rock in urban areas. But this—this fucking thing played malls. Yeah. Uh, Ironic. But you know, it played theater. You know, and and kids weren't supposed to go, but I'm sure kids figured out a way. Or teenagers, at least, it goes huge with teenagers. And it's just like—it's just like that was unprecedented.
1: So Um, uh, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. The regionalists. The regional regionalness of this movie, as we were talking about, is a great segue into a scene that I think we should touch on. We were we were talking about the vignette style of this movie, how he's putting oh, together these little pieces in the movie that are just fucking great, and 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 this is one of the best, where it just exists, self contained, a little a little self contained moment here that is just another touch, another detail of why this movie is so fucking awesome. Here yeah. we go, Red- redneck party. Oh, And and like doc style, yes. you know.
0: Yeah, exactly. Verite.
1: Yeah, Which, verite. You know, it's,
0: pretty, it's pretty verite. It's a callback to Night of the Living Dead, you know. Like uh, it gets pretty verite too. You know, um, just these pickup shots because he well, like I said, it's an extended family, and he probably just put out a call like, "Hey guys, let's get up at dawn on Sunday and just go to this field and let's just play dress up," and you know, and uh, oh, and these guys. I love just,
2: it. And it's sort of the realest moment. Yeah. Exactly. You
0: know. And all these people other than occasionally shooting a quote-unquote zombie they're doing what they would
2: otherwise be doing (laughs) totally in this area you know
0: like this is not an uncommon sunday
2: you know right it's a pennsylvania rednecks i guess right yeah
0: no it's great and there's that great country song and uh and again the editing is still just a monster because i know this guy likes montages you know and i I really respond to that i think he's always looking for getting a little montage in there you know what i mean and this is a perfect example and
2: uh he was just gonna make a film so watchable you know no. you don't really get there's there's no not a moment to really get bored in it. it's always something happening yeah and, and that's left, why it, it's got that imagine sorry uh just there's that just edging closer to the beginning but it's got that amazing 70s thing where like it just starts off in the chaos of the movie you know and these days, like you know, they would have a, a there'd be a whole movie before this one of like the origin story leading up to it. You know,
1: and I like, know it's
2: like it's so tiresome, laborious. You know, I think we talked about this in the last one too, but it's like I just love how uh, it's like Deliverance. You know, it just starts off in the middle of the chaos, everyone's screaming at each other, and uh, you know, I love that. It's like I'm cool. really, I really miss that. That approach you
1: you ac- you actually said in the Deliverance show, Tom. You, you said about one of your favorite moments in movies is 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 waking up in sheer terror, and um, this is how this movie opens. You know, she wakes up, and then yeah. we're, we're we're just Francine sh- is,
0: yeah, yeah. Francine is literally waking up from a nap, and you know what's horrifying? I don't think she had a bad dream. She didn't have a nightmare. She maybe had a nice dream. Yeah, and she woke up. And she's like, "Oh my God, that's right! This thing that's been happening for seven hours—you know what I mean—where <laughs> everything's upside down, and so on and so forth."
1: It's kind of like how last and year it, felt. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. I was just gonna say. Yeah, we know <laughs> a lot of that. Yeah, it's, it's, still it's dangerous to
2: that. even get into it. But it, <laughs> yeah. if it was an yeah. allegory for the now, it's yeah, it's it's too depressing to talk about. But yeah, there's too much. Well, the only
1: yeah, yeah, the only thing I'll the only thing I'll say about the about the present day allegory to Dawn of the Dead uh, that 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 leapt out at me. It was hard to ignore. Is in that scene where uh, Roger's dying, you know, in the scene where he's he's passing away. And you just hear the eyepatch scientist, you know, droning on and saying, uh, this issue that's happening outside right now is not about Republicans versus Democrats. And I just was chuckling because I was like, <laughs> Wow. And that's what preempts him saying you must remain logical. So I was like, Wow. That's right. This is how old? <laughs> yeah, oh, you know. Wow. Well, that's the yeah. thing,
0: those T right. V transmissions from uh from our favorite guy in the movie, eyepatch guy. I know. Is, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's the last little, uh, you know, tendon for us and the, our characters to uh, civilization, whatever's happening. And that actually makes me think about another thing, mm-hmm. which is, you know, we're, we're we're tracing we're tracking with these people, you know, and the funny thing about zombie movies like good ones, bad ones, OK ones like um, like, for instance, I'll say this. Uh, I forgot the name, actually, but the um, land of the land of the dead, maybe. But it's the one from 2005 that Romero did. And not good, but they're driving from one place to another, and they're going through the woods. And I was thinking, what the hell is going on in those woods? You know, it's a zombie apocalypse. And I'm like, because, you know, it's, it's you know, uh, he kept things uh, in more or less civilization, but I was just my uh, um, my uh, imagination was was triggered like what like zombie apocalypse in X, Y, Z. That's what I'm trying to get out here. And so we saw one in a mall and we saw one a little bit in the urban area. Um, but then, even like The Walking Dead, apologies, folks, is um, that, you know, like you see the, the, it, it in a prison or you see it in, um, or in the woods, actually. That's what I'm trying to get at, too, is like you did finally see what a zombie apocalypse is like in the woods. And uh, it's horrible because there's nothing even, there's not even like, oh, I'm going to jump into this room or something. Close the door, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's totally exposed. But what I'm getting at, too, is uh, there's another nice thing. There's a lot of uh, nice stuff that's pretty front-loaded nicely there's a lot before we go to the mall oh yeah yeah and um the thing that got me when i was a kid i never got a chance to see it no one would let me see it by the way i struggled and i tried and wheeled and dealed forever you know when i'm like 11
1: 12.
0: i just couldn't see it i had to wait till vhs much later but i could not see it so i would see photos and the one photo that got me is the scene in the basement yeah because i didn't really know what this movie was like i didn't know how much in the tenement in
1: the tenement yeah.
0: Yeah, the, the, where they were dumping down the bodies of their deceased, and they were all kind of winding up in this like sort of garbage chute coming down. And they're all just stewing there, and they're not killing or eating anybody because uh, they're all just amongst themselves. But it is such a true nightmare. Like Mob Rules album cover, kind of like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, blood, yeah. well, just, I mean, like, <laughs> grimy wall, blood spattered. Everyone is a different kind of horrifying nightmare, uh, you know, monster and uh you're guaranteed to be just torn apart to shreds it has it's it's just such a hell world and uh if you could maybe throw it on it's just uh yeah mm-hmm. um it's one of those it's one of those parts of the movie where you know we, we do when we're at the mall we stay in the mall that is one thing about dawn of the day when, when, right when we hit them all yeah. the yep. but we do get a little flavor like in this incredible like um you know mess on as we said earlier like uh that makes it, it just i know i'm going long on this but i'm just saying like it hints at all the other little nightmares in Pittsburgh. (laughs) That's all I'm saying, you know, like, like, okay, this is one building, you know, and this is going down. Well, it also what else
1: is happening? (laughs) Well, it also serves like in the movie, like it does a really good job of setting up like this one sequence, this one vignette in the tenement. I mean, fuck, one of the best parts of the movie, but it also perfectly sets up like how, yeah, just the rest of the world has gone to shit. Not only just Zombie apocalypse, but also what's happening with the gangs and the this you know, is a Puerto Rican gang, I think, or something in this movie. Yeah. And the, the whole situation is just spelling nightmare. This is a nightmare world already. Racist cops, you know, racist cops, yeah. yeah, lawless. Now we're throwing zombies into the This is fucking horror. And, this is...
0: And, oh, this is my favorite guy in the world. You got the volume on this? Hey.
1: Yeah. You okay down there?
0: <laughs> this must be where they dumped him in, huh? You need more men? no it's all done man it's all right been done right here jesus christ <laughs> that's what i'd say there's really nothing else you can say just yeah. jesus christ like oh. and he's like i'm out i'm going to maybe keep live another day or maybe die maybe help some people and uh it's a huge <laughs> crisis and just uh what were you talking? it's just like um so the basement anyway the basement because, mm-hmm. like I said, when you get when we get to the mall, we stay in the mall the whole film, which is kind yeah. of interesting to think about because he made a choice about location. Because when you have this yeah. far reach, and actually the same thing with Night of Living Dead.
2: Well, it's like it's independent a, filmmaking, I guess. You know, well, no, like, I mean, like yeah, Reservoir Dogs or something. You know, like shooting. I'm going to get this warehouse. We'll shoot the yeah, whole thing in I the warehouse. You know,
0: that's true. That's true. I think that's part of it. Limitations, and, I, and Night of oh, Living man. Dead is just it's just the farmhouse, and so. But I think there's something that's. I think he probably didn't mind. Maybe because he realized there's something horrific in our imaginations going, Holy shit, what's a hospital like? Movie theater, uh, you know, yeah. like what's happening to babies? You know what I mean? Because we really only get <laughs> well not only do we have one location, we have only like a handful of our, our buddies and our heroes and, and one villain in the farmhouse in Night of Living Day. Like so, um it's what I'm saying is it's just a snapshot. I don't know where yeah the labor and
2: I love that. doing it's so cool. well, you it's know, a cool it's snapshot. like that that must not been doing so well cuz how much money would it cost to buy out all those stores no here's what like happened months, you know? yo
1: here's what, what happened. happened they filmed overnights they filmed uh starting mm-hmm. at like 10 p.m. or 11 p.m. until 7 a.m. every single day which is so awesome and when it rolled down to christmas time cuz they were right at the end of the year um they were like fuck we're not putting up and down the goddamn christmas decoration so they actually took a break um, they took a whole month of December off and that's when Romero went back and was just tinkering away in that edit room right. and uh, uh, sure it paid off and he came back the and mall, then he was able to shoot all just those opened. improv things
2: The mall was new you know right it was like mm-hmm. it opened 75 and they right. shot it's funny because it doesn't feel new now you know it, it's <laughs> funny too like, I also one day I was looking around going like uh, you know every other mall in the world now I mean there's there's less malls but if you go to a mall these days they're all chains you know it's all like, oh yeah cinnabon and like you know McClaire's or whatever and like this is all mom and pop shops in the mall there's a pennies i guess but yeah. um you know everything else feels like a little mom and pop kind of it's there's a bar <laughs> chains <laughs> yeah. taking everything over
1: yeah yeah there's an ice skating gun rink. store too a gun yeah. store yeah
0: i know how about a gun store you know like there's I mean, the gun I,
2: store with like a kind of like jungle sound effects. <laughs> like when they yeah. plunge into the gun store and it's like lions and chimps right. and like well, That's when they flip the switch
0: on the music. It's like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I like jungle. It's crazy. I
2: love all the music in it. It's interesting. Oh, like, cause some of it is just throwaway library. Like, there's like fanfare, like, you know, like horns. There's real lazy kind of library. Dun, dun, like, dun, bah, 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 bah. Yeah, yeah. it's like TV cues. And know, then there's fucking Goblin, which is like one of the best, you oh, know, rock band composers. Oh, oh, I'm sure that's Argento Bros, you know. Of course, course. yeah. Of course. Um, you know, and giving mm-hmm. them a little like stylish direction with the music. But it's this re- really interesting blend of like um, kind of throwaway tracks and then some amazing tracks. And then. Like we were saying earlier, you know, really thoughtful stuff with like the uh, music syncing up with the consumer, you know, yeah. uh, the great. consumer's dream. And there's, there's, mm-hmm. there's interesting things going on with the music in this. and the space echo. Like you said, there's just all these, yeah. there's a real kind of, I wouldn't say like, oh, I love the soundtrack, but there's so many great things to the soundtrack. It works great with the movie. How about
0: this? There was a lot of nice care to the music as well. You know what I mean? Like, you know, totally. there's no excuse to uh, to throw uh, the, the music considerations, music cues to throw them under the bus. Like, you know, what I mean, like if you have some time, I mean, that, that costs money, too. Yeah, but like in post is what I'm saying. He, he put a lot of care into it. You know, one side note too about, um, you know, the film is just so wild because uh, just as an example of uh, the circumstances, because how about let's just think this through. Um, there's the mall, which is un- other than the zombies is normal, right? and the consumer dream but then when the bikers come in there's this insane variable and this is what's so fun about you know um like creating a world that is just a little off like the 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 little circumstance of having the bikers biking around in the mall uh in reality in shooting it and for us you know hearing it it's so loud and insane because that shouldn't be happening (laughs) like inside a mall they have 20 big You know, mufflerless motorcycles, and it's just like you wouldn't see or hear that in anything but a movie about zombies. You know what I mean? Especially
2: after the lull of like the last twenty minutes before that, you know. And then yeah, no, it's so
0: rude. It's 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 like very rude. Their presence (laughs) is like rude, for lack of a better term. But like also just that sound sonically, Uh. you know. It's also um, like,
1: who, it's yeah, it's such a bummer for us, as, you know, watching it too. I mean, every time, I've seen this movie 20 times. Every time the biker gang shows up, I'm like, fuck, you know, they're you fucking know.
0: this all up. You know, And it's all because they yeah. were get- Francine was getting lessons and they happened to see it. it the yeah. timing, it was, it was that kind of um, just the torture of bad timing where it's like, she decided to have a flyboy lesson, went up, ba-ba-ba, ba-ba-ba, this goes that way, that goes this way. And they happen to be just like... You know, looking around, maybe they were driving by. Maybe they were kind of sca- Maybe they were, um, you know, casing the joint. I don't know,
2: but yeah, went it up is painful. Like, you know. Painful. I felt like that about the bikers too. That it's sort of tapping into the zeitgeist of, uh, or the the collective consciousness of the seventies. You know, this biker threat. You know, you know, the,
0: my my take on it is, um, and again, this kind of is uh, is hinting at where a lot of uh, zombie movies go, especially The Walking Dead. And my apologies but like we were saying <laughs> earlier, um, you know, like, uh, it becomes almost equal bad people, living people, bad living people, and, and zombies. And, and, and it is, is quite, um, foreseeable to me that gangs and bikers, because they are already somewhat militarized and a sort of a militia that they would actually thrive and, and become basically pirates of the highway. So I thought that worked really it's well. Like it's
2: like Mad Max kind of, yeah. Yeah. It
0: seemed actually uh, quite realistic, you know, and, uh, you know, there were there were gangs, there were this sort of hybrid of like gang biker kind of things and especially in a weird state like Pennsylvania that gets urban and then rural. But um, you know, they were thriving. They were still an active thing. It wasn't like a throwback thing from like saying, Oh, like in nineteen sixty eight. And so I could really see them getting together and actually becoming a really tight clique and doing exactly what they're doing, which is literally like a pirate, you know, just like pillaging. And uh, grabbing stuff and throwing them in vans. Hey, our van broke down. Let's steal this other van, you know. And on the road, and probably, you know, at the end of the day, like five years later, it'd be the bikers were the only people surviving.
1: And how about that fucking amazing disco biker theme that they had in the movie as well? Like total, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Uh, Actually, there's another
0: little thing. Well, what I wanted to talk about was the bikers. There's, you know, getting the minutia. minutia, um, I was wrong when I say uh that we when we arrive at the mall we stay at the mall we spend a moment in their vehicle the, the biker's vehicle and i'd love to I, i'm visualizing it in my head but it's like this whole world where they have like all this like stolen expensive cb equipment and everything like that and uh it's their pirate ship and i'm like can we like have like a whole movie with the bikers and like you know like how a day goes for them you know and like in their weird caravan of like uh tricked out uh uh, bands you know what i'm saying dude totally that would be pretty amazing and they look cool and the head guy looks kind of like a beer drinking like working class guy but he's kind of the whole pirate thing's really gone to his head because i think that they would maybe be bikers and almost weekend warriors somewhat but then this has really gone to their head because they're living what they were somewhat play acting at you know as bikers like this is this is uh this is biker time you know as i was saying earlier you know like this there is, is. Uh, this is a, this is a great environment for
2: folks like this. Okay. I love Carmine that piece Yeah, check um, it out.
1: Yeah, look at that.
2: They're pretty. I think it's they have so an interesting cool. kind of comic oh. quality too. Like there's a part where um, they're throwing pies, and there's literally like three Stooges sound effects going on, and then <laughs> yeah. there's the guy who's trapped inside the uh, heart monitor machine. Oh, yeah, they're they're played for like a they're goofed on a little bit too. In a, fun, in, a, in a fun way, I find it to be like a refreshing little cool. blast of humor there for a second amongst all the chaos. All right. But well, it's, it's, it's definitely played for a joke, though. It's just kind of interesting because it is the most like.
0: But then know. it turns into, you know, just about the most hardcore gore ever. Hallucinatory <laughs> yeah. gore. Yeah. <laughs> that's how that's kind of kind of resolves. No, but there's it's it's very humorous. Like there's one scene, a guy's grabbing a small television. One of the bikers and the other biker goes, "Hey, what are you gonna watch on that thing?" And then he goes, "Yeah, you're right." Like shrugs, and then he and what I love is he throws the small television into a large television. Yeah, it's just like maybe this is a criticism of logic, but I don't care because the film is somewhat in in a strange universe. But okay, you're surrounded by zombies. Do you really think? Gosh, you know what I want to do right now? Check my blood pressure.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like
0: it's like because he want because George just wanted that to happen. Like he where just his wanted arm, that
2: guy's arm to be. He wanted stuck his in arm torn
0: machine. off. Yeah. And <laughs> then it goes, and then the blood pressure is going like ding 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 ding. You know, uh, you know, like a Good jackpot. Good And and it's it's just it's just so goofy. But it just it's more of the goofy because they also throw pies at zombies. You know, but it. um, <laughs> it's 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 uh, it's actually a really primo part of the film. The biker totally. section is really fun. I'm going to watch it again right
1: now. One thing I wanted to say real quick is can we touch upon what the alternate ending of this movie was going to be for, for uh, yeah. 30 seconds? I was thinking about that. <clears throat> yeah, just like, uh, you know, because I've always been aware of it, but watching it again back and imagining that that being the ending and and that is, of course, uh, right, right at the end, uh, Ken Foray does Actually, wind up blowing his brains out in that moment. And then um, Fran climbs up the um, the ladder to the roof. And then, before getting into the helicopter, she sticks her own head into the helicopter blades. And that like would the have been earlier. Yeah. It
2: was a day. callback for it. No, yeah, of I know. Course. I, I know think that uh, what I heard is they use that sound, the, the special effect head. Is you know that they, like for that alternate scene that was they've used it for the head explosion. That's what it I was. just kind of repaint. <laughs> yeah, and,
0: and they filled it with uh, blood-filled condoms and a shrimp cocktail. Literally, right? That was Francine's head because it's like a and they put a beard on it. No, but no, but Evan, I totally hear what you're saying. It's um, because this is always I don't know if this is like bugged me, but Nightmare, uh, sorry, uh, Night of Living Dead is. The ending is really. Sp- I was I was watching it once and I went, "Wow, this is like an art film." I'm talking about the ending of the film. The um, ending, ending, yeah, yeah, the ending, ending, ending. So it's dawn, you know, and of course we know that uh, I was a Ben, uh, you know, the, our our protagonist. He um, comes up from the Peter, the cellar, and he uh, and they just shoot him. You know, he's it like, eh, "It's another zombie," and maybe there's a racial component, but uh, that's oh right, right. An enormous, that's an enormous bummer because he did survive, and mm-hmm. it's dawn, and there's help. And maybe this crisis is kind of passing, like for whatever this, that reason. But he has help now and he's just dead. And and, and we, and boy, we also cared a lot about him. You know, Living Dead*. so, but I found that so satisfying. And then the way it ends with the creepy music and it becomes this stills montage and then living dead. Ah, oh, so uh, good. Dead. Yeah. Right. Okay. And, and of, of, him, by the way, being carried with meat hooks to the funeral pyre. And then, oh. and then, and then it goes back to live action and the credits already happened, creepy music. And it's dawn and you're just watching uh, our, our, our hero and the person we care about burning, just burning. Their body. It's just like what the fuck, dude! And so he was going to go back to the well on dawn, but he didn't for whatever reason. I'm not really sure. But sometimes I don't like the ending
1: of Dawn did. Well, that's an interesting thing. No. Yeah, I, I, I the, yeah, you know, no, normally we end these so shows. No. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, n- normally we end these shows with. You know what's the one thing uh, that you didn't like about these movies, or vice versa, in Psycho's the case? Great but,
0: one fucking hour tradition.
1: Yeah, the great tradition. Um, I like the very ending where it it, it ends with ambiguity. I think that's a nice touch. Uh, we're it almost it, out it, of fuel. It's it, almost out of fuel. It kind of reminds me of like The Thing, you know, at the end, John Carpenter's What's Going to Happen? Sort of thing. It kind of leaves it open ended, but it's just a nice poetic touch at the end. However, yeah. the moment that leads up to you know, uh, you know, Peter with putting the gun to his head, but then he's like, No, and then it's you like, know, and then he's like punching G. all the zombie G.I. Joe music, right. that's maybe a little much. I, know. I, I think I think that might be the one That's
2: partly what I'm getting at. Thing. that little I don't yeah, like. I'm that, actually surprised I that she like came that. back. You know, like she's like taking off and then and then he comes out, and I was almost like she was gonna go. I thought she might even go like, well, you know, he said he didn't want to come.
1: That really, would have been. You know, dark. she
2: keeps going. She needs help. She needs help, though. She can't be. She's about to. Yeah, I mean, the other yo, know, you touched on some. The one thing that I don't like about the movie is, oh, him punching the zombies. But every, I swear, every time they punch a zombie, I'm like, no way! Like you could like a tooth could, like, you know, accidentally cut your hand. You know? yeah. And then that would count as a bite, right? So, like, the zombie <laughs> bit you, you know? So there'd be no way you'd punch a zombie. So every time they punch one, I'm like... Like uh, close contact uh, attacking them. Yeah, yeah. They should, like, bludgeon them with something rather than just bare <laughs> But fist you know
0: what? In the reality of general zombiness in this film, you know, it's pretty wiggly and, like... Uh, I mean, yeah. a bite is a bite. Like, mm-hmm. it might be, like, it has to go that far, you know, but who, who knows what that's
2: like. Right. So
0: now, are we on record? with what we do not like about Dawn of the Dead is Marcus and the um, getting too cl- close contact. Uh, <laughs> and, 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 and it could like, uh, you know, uh, you know, by the farm with that, Evan, you're saying um, the da 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 GI Joe moment, and I agree with you. Yeah. And then maybe uh, just my gut, my gut is saying, I, I would at least like to see a different ending where it is just a bummer. Yeah. Uh, and I'm curious, I do love his last line like I said earlier, you know, like mm-hmm. Let's keep on fighting, but boy, what if it did end on like just a mad sour note? Like uh, it does with you know, for um, like Flyboy that's, that's be- maybe that's what he was yeah. okay with he's like, can that be our big bummer ending? I and I think Roger like, dying yeah, too,
1: you know Roger dying halfway through the movie is a big fucking bummer. Yes, I mean, you yes, want to yes. see you know, going back oh, right. to the camaraderie between you know, uh, Peter and Roger, like you want to see those dudes hang, I mean Real quick, sorry, I know we're running out of time. It's just so fucking great that this movie allows us the time to hang out with its protagonists for so long. And and it's never dull, it's never boring, and and that's what really endears us to everybody. But I mean, when when fucking Roger dies, man, it is a major fucking bummer and then of course flyboy you we, we sympathize with him because you know he he's a he's a total bonehead but yeah uh maybe us, maybe right? maybe up. he saw it in the m- maybe he saw it in the edit and he, and he, he saw because I think part yeah. of that alternate ending was shot maybe he just felt that this wasn't gonna be good we 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 love these people too much and it, of course like a pregnant woman, shoving her face into some fucking helicopter blades would have topped Night of the Living Dead. Let me tell yeah, you that. that's
0: so harsh. Well, you know, but what? they could have
2: left her. She could have flown away alone too. I mean, I, the, the problem with the GI Joe moment is it's unmotivated, I guess, you know, like yeah, you exactly. don't see for a movie that lays everything out logically and you understand it. You don't see what it is that makes him go like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to survive yeah. longer. Let's, you know? it's the
0: day. I know, no, yeah. I know. And it's, you know what, just to speak to it. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to retract my thing. I don't like, and maybe not have one this episode because I'm on the mm. fence. I don't think that the Night of Living Dead ending would have ended a type of like that, would have worked for Dawn of the Dead because they're different films and they're different tonalities and different, there's less people in Night of the Dead. hundred percent. And that's, and that's it guys. Long story short, one of my favorites I've seen a million times, guys.
2: One
1: of the best five yeah, star, one of the best piece of
2: movie, art. You know, for me when I was like 13 or something seeing that. Yeah. A piece of art.
1: Uh, One hour. All right. (laughs) So we did it. That's it. And um, well, thanks everybody for for uh, joining us uh, for another fucking hour. We'll catch you again, uh, hopefully next week. And uh, now uh, we'd like to show you um, your moment of zen. All right. See you later, everybody. You're fashion-minded. Watch out. Big-time shopping is finally here. Monroeville Mall. Motherfucking goddamn orange peel beef.
2: Dawn of the Dead is one of the best most original horror films I've ever seen.